to the most wonderful people on earth. I pray the Lord today will bless you, reward you, anoint you, and use you for His wonderful glory and meet every need in your life. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Yesterday, I showed you a part of the message I preached to the staff at Charisma. Because Steve Strang, who's been a friend of mine for many years, back 1978 is when we met. Can, can you believe that? He was actually in my wedding, uh, Charisma Magazine, you probably heard of it. Well, they are writing a book for me, Charisma Publishers, writing a book for me, or with me, I should say, on the anointing. We're calling it The Mysteries of the Anointing. Yesterday, I met with the staff to talk about the book, and so I really want to give you part two now, which has blessed many of you. I've seen the comments, so thank you for watching, and thank you for loving the Lord as you do. All right, so let's go see this beautiful part here, and I know you'll be blessed. I'll be back to pray with you. God love you. Imagine this, such thing, this thing for, for a second. How is it possible that Jesus, who walked the earth 2,000 years ago, is more real to us than the crowds that saw him? Think about this. They saw him, did not love him. We have never seen him, and we love him. What power is that? It's the power of God. The Holy Spirit has made Jesus more real to you and me than our skin. How? The power of God. Let me ask you another question. And just, just think, just think, just think. If you lived 2,000 years ago, and by the way, that part is not in the, in the book, we need to edit it in. If you lived 2,000 years ago, and you saw the Son of God, and you touched the hem of His garment, you heard Him preach, you saw Him on the cross, and before you saw Him on the cross, you were with Him on the holy mountain, and you saw the, the, God's glory, you heard God's voice say, this is my Son, you saw Elijah, you saw Moses, you saw the miracles, you saw him raise Lazarus from the, from the dead. Would that change your life? Now go, just wait, think, 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 think. No. You say, why? It didn't change their life. The apostles saw him, heard him, walked with him, saw his miracles. And when he died, they said, hmm, we thought he was the Messiah. And here's the biggest shock of all, Steve, in Matthew. When he rose from the dead, it said, some doubted if this is really, really him. How can you doubt when you see him alive? But think about Peter. Just, just, just Peter. On the Mount of Transfiguration, he saw the glory of God. He heard the voice of God. He saw Elijah. He saw Moses. And all he saw, he himself walked on the water. He saw Lazarus raised from the dead. And they had dinner with him. But when, it, when the test really came, he failed. He denied his Lord. And later, on the road to Emmaus, Cleopas, who was related to the Lord himself, Cleopas was the husband 
of the Lord's hand. In the scripture, you can find it. And they said, what we thought in the conversation, they, they said to, to the Lord himself, whom they could not recognize at the time, we thought he was the one. Well, how can you? Knock, knock. Here's the answer. The Holy Spirit wasn't on earth yet. Which means, everything Jesus said, everything Jesus did, would have been forgotten had the Holy Ghost not come. Had the Holy Spirit not come to earth, Christianity would not have lasted a week. Maybe two weeks max. Because they were questioning it. If the apostles questioned what Jesus said, if they said, well, we thought he was the one, what what, 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 what would have happened to our faith? There, there would be no faith. So it explains, it's not by might or by power, but by my spirit. Boy, everything Jesus did was might. Everything he did was power. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have had, had lasted had the Lord not sent the Holy Spirit. That power inside of you is so amazing because it brings the reality of Jesus in your being in a way that the crowds who saw him did not have. Think about today, 300 million under persecution and many of them are getting killed for the faith and would not deny him. What power is that in them that would say to these radicals, chop my head off, I will not deny the Lord. What power is that? It can't be mental. It's by the Holy Spirit. That's how strong our faith is. So when you talk about the power of God in you, I'll ask you a question. If somebody came to you with a gun to your head and said, deny Jesus or I'll shoot, what, what, what would you say? I would say, shoot. Why? Because everything in me knows. I don't have to read one book about it. Everything in me knows this Jesus is my life. So go ahead and blow my brain off. It's it's that inner knowing by the Holy Spirit. If that's the, the anointing I'm that I preached about, read about, never thought about. That this is that inner anointing. And that inner anointing and we'll, 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 we'll have to be probably careful how we say, how we explain that part, dear Debbie. The inner anointing triggers the Word of God in such a way that most Christians don't even know it exists. Can I, can I talk about it just a little bit? God's Word has levels. In fact, rabbis said there are seven levels to the Bible. Seven levels to the Bible in Judaism. And they say it takes 40 years to reach a depth where people enter into, enter into the Kabbalah, which is mysticism. Because they don't see Jesus in there. That's the danger. But the depth of the word is so incredible. I'm already in level four. So what are you talking about? We'll probably never talk about this in the book. I think people won't even get that. Level one is what? Information, knowledge. Level two is what? 
God's plan for my life. Level three is what? Jesus. Shadows and types in the Old Testament. Where, 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 where you see the Lord in the types, in the shadows. Like you think about Joseph. How, how many times can you read about Joseph? Or Isaac? Or other things in the world? You begin to discover, do you know that we we have a revelation of the crucifixion in Adam in the Bible. When he went to sleep, that's the crucifixion. When God opened his side, that's what happened on the cross. Because out of Adam's side came what? His wife. Out of the Lord's side came what? The church. Quite simple. Or you look at Joseph. Everything about Joseph is Jesus. Every bit of it. Loved by his father, hated by his brothers. In a pit the grave, in the prison, the underworld, comes out of prison, resurrection, sits on the throne with Pharaoh, ascension, receives a Gentile wife, the church, it's all there. Or the tabernacle, or the feast of Israel, that's the third level. Fourth level is where, 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 where you discover through the names the Messiah. You say, what do you mean? Would you like me to Show you a little bit? Yes, yes. Are you really sure you can handle? Of course you can. <laughs> if you look at the ten names from Adam to Noah, it's the story of the cross. That kind of is mind blowing. Because the names from Adam to Noah, if you translate them, here's what you come up with. Man was appointed, because that's what the name of Seth means appointed. Adam, man, that's the meaning of the name Adam. Man, appointed, mortal, sorrow. But the blessed God shall come down, declaring his death will bring the despairing rest. These are revealed in the names of the sons of Adam. Because the name Noah means rest. Now people, oh, you know, they, people will ask, who lived longest? Who was Methuselah? You know what Methuselah? Methuselah means his death will bring in Hebrew. Now we probably won't have all that in the book. But the thing is, that's a depth, people, that very few even bother to look at. Maybe nobody wants to. It's okay, but I do. Because it's depth. And the deeper you go, the more solid you become in the faith. But the Holy Spirit gives us that hunger by the anointing. Are you guys enjoying this? Yes. By the anointing, we have hunger. That hunger for the Word triggers fellowship with God through the Word. It's like Jean Guyon, who was used of God years ago in Europe, through reading the, the Word of God, she would get into depth in fellowship with the Lord. It was so powerful when you read her books like Experiencing the depth of Jesus Christ and so on, which I've read, it's an amazing book. It's happening to me now. As I'm reading the Word, I just, I don't even know how to describe this, I become connected to what I'm reading in a very deep way. I don't have a whole lot of it, come on. But the deeper you go, the more amazing the life of the Christian becomes. Very exciting, joyful, and so on. That's amazing that it happens. 
and that triggers worship. These are the actions of the Christian life, all by their own end. The word, fellowship, worship, and you see it throughout the Bible. So that anointing is so amazing. The inner anointing is so amazing. As long as you walk with the Lord, His reality permeates your being and frankly keeps you holy. And then you you begin to change. Uh, transformation begins in your life. You, you, you begin to long for the coming of the Lord. You cry out, come Lord Jesus, all that. The anointing of Acts 1-8 is what we're going to deal with probably a little more in the book because that's the one people see and understand. And we need it. The world needs it. Because the anointing in me depends on my walk with God and my hunger for the Lord. The anointing on me depends on people's hunger. For the gifts. For the gifts. They pull it right out of you. Even when you're tired, it pulls out of you because they demand it on you. They place a demand and you just give it. It's like a massive basket on your head. I always describe it. And you're walking around with this empty basket and the needs to be... God begins to fill up that basket with the needs of the people. So now you you become gifted with gifts that God wants to bless them with, whether it's faith or healings or deliverance or this or that. Think about this. What if that anointing in you is weak? That basket will crush you. You can't hold it up. So that, that anointing in me is like a pillar. I can carry anything. I can handle anything that God would give before the people. But if that weakness, if that life of mine becomes weak in the Lord and becomes polluted by outside interference, that pastor will, will crush me one day. I won't be able to care it no more. So that, that basket that is so needed, that has pure blessed gifts for the body of Christ, now if the Lord walks away and my life becomes polluted, eventually the gifts will stop coming from heaven. Now that's a very amazing thing I just said. You gotta pay attention to what I'm gonna say right now. If you look at Numbers 24, verse one says that Balaam did not use witchcraft with that prophecy. He didn't use enchantments. So in chapter 22 and 23, he was using enchantments prophesied. In chapter 24, he didn't use an age, which means he was a mixture. He, he could go from one world to the next. He could, he could go into the, the demonic and the Holy Ghost all at once. It's happening today in the prophetic. It's scary. Because much of what is prophecy now is a mixture. Maybe, maybe not all of it, but some of it. Maybe even more than some. And that began to trouble me when I began to see it in our day, I mean. But that mixture happens when they begin walking away. When they begin, forgive me, becoming greedy for money and the Lord walks away. Here's what, what happens. What happens is that a minister all he's been doing all his life is preach 
now the Lord is no longer there. I've, I've always said uh, the Lord always announcing announces his arrival. He never announces his departure. Remember Samson? Yeah. He wished not the Lord had come. So that individual now has to begin doing things that are not biblically based. But because of the gift working, that gift no longer is of the Holy Spirit. Because he has learned how to surrender to an invisible power. That's the scary part. Are you people getting that? Yeah, now please let me know how long I have so I don't keep talking. Well, a few more minutes. So it becomes a mixture because the gift is no longer uh, uh, led by the Holy Spirit. It's led by greed or it's led by other things. And now what do they do? They sell it. They sell the anointing because that anointing is still there flowing. Even though the anointing is pure, the vessel is not pure. And now the mixture enters in him because the gift is still working. My son Joshua is very witty, very, very, very smart. He watched uh, one time late at night a uh, healing evangelist selling holy water and handkerchiefs. And he got really offended. He said, Dad, is this real? I said, oh yeah, it's real. Come on, Dad. You know he's a phony, he's a charlatan. He went on, you know how kids are, they're so blunt, especially PKs. <laughs> he said the guy's a da 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 and he went on and said, ah, don't say that. I said, you're, you're not allowed to even attack that. Yeah, but dad, he's, I said, the gift is still the gift, even if the vessel is not clean. Now what happens is, and I explained this to my son, he didn't really accept it anyways. Maybe not all of it. I said, yeah, there is an anointing on that piece of cloth. His motive is I want money, but God still uses it to bless the soul who's hungry. That is a mixture. Many will come in that day saying, Lord, Lord, we prophesied and done this. I don't know you. Franklin Graham, I think, saved my life. Back years ago, after I wrote Good Morning Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit, and the book was selling everywhere, was selling 50,000, I think, a week, Franklin called me. He said, I want to see you. So I went up to North Carolina, sat with him in his office for hours, and he said, uh, he said, I want to talk to you in my and my dad wants me to tell you a few things. And he, he, he began talking about uh, the dangers of the healing ministry. He said, do you notice, of course, after a long conversation, he said, he said do you notice that very few people with a healing gift have survived? I said, yeah, you're right. He went through the names. He said, he, he said only two are still around at the time. By this time, Ms. Schumann had, had gone. He said, my father met Catherine, and he thought highly of her, and oral, and so on. And he said, uh, Benny, I'm going to give you a piece of counsel. 
don't focus on healings focus on souls he said if you focus on souls God will focus on you and you'll have longevity he said all those healing evangelists that never focus on the lost are not there no more something went wrong and they're gone he said but every evangelist no matter who they are if they focus on winning the lost God will keep them in the ministry boy that was the best advice that I got in my life and that's when I and Michael Sage began focusing on people getting sick before I ever prayed for, for the sick. I would take every service, whether morning or evening, and I would focus on getting them saved first. And I would take at least half an hour, sometimes longer, just get them into the kingdom, and then I'd pray for the sick. I, I think that's why I'm still here. But that all comes back to the anointing being pure. But when it becomes a mixture, Nobody talks about souls anymore. They talk about money. Or an offer on TV, or get my book, or get my magazine, or get this handkerchief, or get this holy water, but on and on. You, you all know that. So today we need, and I pray that, that God would use this book, we need to get back to the purity of the anointing for ministry. Because the anointing of, of Acts 1.8, which I haven't even had a chance to talk to you about yet, is going to be a major part of the book because that anointing, I want to explain it because it is necessary people understand the 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 dangers in it. You know, God said to uh, Saul through Samuel, <clears throat> he made a very powerful and very dangerous statement to him. Maybe Saul didn't get it at the time. When, when, when Samuel anoints Saul with a vial, which is a sign of judgment, by the way, not blessing. The, the difference is Samuel anoints David with a horn. He anoints Saul with a vial, which means the vial speaks of judgment. Basically, God was saying, you're dead already with that to Saul. And Saul didn't last as, as you know. But Samuel says, and he says, listen, you're going to go to table, you're going to see people come down, you're going to prophesy, all that. And then, then he says that the Spirit of God will come, will come on you, you'll, be in, you'll turn into a different man. And then he says this, do as occasions serves you. That's the most dangerous thing he told them. Do as occasions serves you mean you're in charge. And it's true. Today when God anoints a man, he puts him in charge. He can use that, that anointing. He, he can play with it. He can use it to hurt people's lives because he is responsible for it. I didn't know that years ago. You know what? <clears throat> they can entertain with it. They can use it for money. They can use it to deceive their widow with whatever, just to get her will by, by the gift. That's scary. Very, very scary. Because God puts them in, in charge. And what I learned is, He is in charge of the one in me. And I'm in charge of the one on me. So God doesn't trust easily with that anointing. That's why He gives it reluctantly. Think, think about what Samson did with it. Think about others, what they did with it in the Bible. 
the power of that anointing is incredible. But God trusts men with that anointing. And when they go too far in harming his people, he takes them out. One way or another, they're gone. He'll, he'll expose them, or he'll, they, they go home in some way. So it's a very uh, serious hour we are living in with that. The fact that the anointing has been misunderstood. And <clears throat> I think too, and I haven't mentioned this, this is the first time you, you sweet people hear it. Um, I think I'm gonna add some things to it I heard about Miss Schoolman. I think God took her home just on time. Because had he not taken her home, uh, it would not have been good. So I, I honor her, I honor her memory. But the last service she had, boy, that was tough. She was not the same as Schoolman that last service. And I heard things from her staff. You know, I've learned more about Miss Schoolman from her staff, and especially Oral and Rex Humboldt, who were really, really close to her. I never met Miss Schoolman. I was about to meet her right before she passed. And when I went for the meeting, she was already in the hospital. I, I, I think it was God ordained for me not to meet her. Later I became involved with her foundation for four years and I held meetings for, for them everywhere. And I got to know them very closely. Maggie Hartner especially was her like right hand lady. And she told me a lot. And Ruth Fisher told me a lot. And Marion March told me a lot. Especially Oral and Rex told me a lot about the way she ended her ministry. It's a wake upper. It really makes you very, uh, how shall I say, uh, it trembles your heart to make sure you don't blow it at the end, you know. So I think we'll, we'll, we'll look at that. Maybe I'll, I actually came here today to kind of test the waters with Steve and Joy on that part. Should that be in the book, not in the book? I don't know. I'm just giving you a little, little, maybe. But she was a mighty, mighty woman of God, mighty woman of God. Um, but uh, I, I, I think, I think uh, maybe, maybe the Lord will allow. Maybe He won't. I know that Jamie, Jamie Buckingham wrote, wrote "Daughter of Destiny," and in it he shared some of these. But if God wants me to, I will. If God says no, I won't. But I really wanna wanna finish my my life helping the church, strengthening the church. I that's the deepest desire of my soul. Is God would use me in these last days uh, differently than He did in the past to just bring comfort, stability, and strength. And I'm deeply, deeply. Engaged in many ways in helping the church under persecution. That is today a burden on my soul. I've become friends with David Curry of Open Doors. What a sweet man he is, by the way. And what is going on with the church globally will break your heart. And so today we need to stand with our brothers and sisters worldwide who are what witness well. They, they walked into the home of a, a pastor, these radicals, and killed him 
He's a young, young pastor in one of those countries. He looks at his wife and child and said, don't ever hate. Begins to talk about the love of God with them. And the little boy, after they killed his dad, looked at them and said, I forgive you for killing my dad today. What, what faith is that? What beauty is that? You know, we got to stand with these precious saints of God. So, all right. So that's really all I have to say today. I would ask you all to pray as Debbie and I continue working on this book. I'd like you to come up a little bit if you don't mind, because you've read it. I know you, the one who wrote it. Uh, what do you think, and, and I want all of our people watching uh, and, and the people on, on social media for charisma, your heart now, you told me something about the book I wanted to tell the world. Well, I feel like um, it's a master class from Benny Hinn, someone who knows the anointing probably better than anybody else alive today around the world. This is a master class from him on how you can operate both how to strengthen that anointing within you and operate in that anointing that comes upon you because every Christian is called to ministry of some t- type. And if you don't understand these principles, you know, that's I think that's his heart in all this is to save people from making some of the mistakes people in the Bible made mistakes. There have been mistakes in his life that he's honest about in the book. And he wants to help people understand how to grow and walk with the Lord this way and operate under this anointing without having some of those things happen to them. And um, it's it, it will change the way you live your life. There are things in it that are so simple, but they're not easy. They're simple, simple things, the basics about our relationship with the Lord, but they're not easy to do. They, they cost. They cost a lot. He has paid the price. So um, there are insights that you'll gain into how um, he has lived his life, and there are insights that you'll gain into how to live your life for the Lord. So I encourage everybody. Well, it's going to come out April, so be looking for it. And I'd like you to start telling your friends about it. Yes. So just let, let the world know this book, probably in my opinion, may very well be the most important book I'll ever write because it's a book that could save ministries and probably could save lives who could be damaged in the future. Uh, we don't want to see any more damage, frankly. I think we've seen enough damage in the body of Christ. So uh, pray that the Lord gives us wisdom because today we'll be working on chapter 6. Yes. Very exciting. Yes. Uh, she's written the whole book, 12 chapters. With his but, words. With his well, words. My words, but you have been brilliant too. Because uh, she she's able to put my words in, in in writing in a way people can understand what I'm trying to say. In, in fact, today we're going to work on what I call the Elijah flow and the Elisha flow of the anointing. So we're going to need a little fine tuning with that one to explain it to the people. Because you know, I talk about how what happens to me on the platform. How do I know it's there? And on and on, it's pretty precious. And there's some other things about the practice of the presence of God, which is the inner anointing, and so much more. So it's going to be something very, 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 very special. In fact, I think you, sweet people uh, uh, watching, uh, not only do I want you to tell your friends about the book, Mysteries of the Anointing, 
not only do I want to tell your friends, I want you to uh, make up your mind. You're going to read it from beginning to end. So, because there's so much in it, it's like loaded with information. Some parts you have to read more than once to at least capture it. So, thank you, David. Bless you. And my friend Steve, I thank you for letting me come today. It's been a most wonderful time with your staff and you. And I want to tell the whole world I've known Steve Strain since 1978. Dear Lord, how many years is that? No, before that. It's, oh, it was before that. Right. You got married in 78. 79. In 79. So maybe it was 78. <laughs> well, you just saw part two of the teaching Mysteries of the Anointing. Well, what, I mean, what did you get out of it? I remember, you know, it, well, I got to see the whole part, but, you know, I know the, the sweet people saw part one, part two. Yeah. When you were talking about Moses, seeing him, and, oh, and then the second part, you know, you started it off so, so high, talking about how the Lord is more real to us now. Oh, absolutely. The the day, because of the ago. of the Holy Spirit, exactly, Thank in you, our Jesus, hearts. Yeah. The Holy Spirit. I'm Thank so God. Oh, so how true. We're all Thanks grateful. Thanks for bringing that word to us. Oh, precious. bless you. And we're excited, so excited for the book. Well, the book will come out early next year, actually April of 2022. So I want to pray with, with you because I believe we're about to see an amazing move of God in the church. I don't think we're going to see a move of God in the world. I think it's going to be in the church only. So rejoice. Our future is very bright. Brighter than you realize, sweet saints. Much brighter than you realize. We have a very bright tomorrow. So I want to pray with you now and then. Let's believe God again to bless you financially. You know, I know we've talked about and believed for the wealth transfer. But I've always said it will happen right before the coming of the Lord to finance the end time harvest because God gave the wealth of Egypt to Israel right before they left Egypt and I believe he'll do the same with, uh, with us yet he promised to meet all our needs and as we're faithful to the Lord he has promised to bless us continually we will have no lack in our life now Lord I bless your name and I thank you Lord for your people and Lord God I pray you'll bless them Anoint them, use them, reward them, put them back on the mountaintop, and let their future be greater than their past. In the name of Jesus, healthier than their past, more prosperous than their past, for your glory. Your word declares that the way of the righteous shines brighter and brighter to a perfect day. We give you the praise for that. And God's people said, Amen, amen. All right, it's time to give to the Lord's work. So you can sow right now your seed to Benihin Ministries on the platform you're watching me on, or you can go to our website, benihin.org, or simply text BHM45777. And don't forget our newsletter. Sign up for our newsletter online. Go to our website and sign up for it. It will bless you. Tomorrow, tomorrow... I did an interview with Steve Strang on his podcast that I think you'll really enjoy listening to. It was on prophecy, on these days, what's happening in the world that I think will really uh, kind of uh, make things uh, simpler to understand. 
All right, so much love and blessings, and thank you for being my wonderful partner. You want to say bye? Bye-bye. God love you all. We will see you again. Bye-bye.